I know it has been a roller coaster ride for many of us, especially during this pandemic season. As we look at the infection rate going up and down, and I'm sure our emotions also go up and down along with it as well. Indeed, it's very challenging a season for all of us. And I know that even at this moment, I would describe this COVID-19 as a giant that we are facing, a COVID-19 giant that the entire world is trying to fight against it and is trying to defeat this giant. The healthcare systems of many nations are at a critical level. And even in our own country, Malaysia, we are in no better position either. In, in fact, we are a nation in crisis. We are a nation in crisis. The increasing cases, the slow vaccination process, the newly imposed lockdown, we are engaging in fighting against the COVID-19 giant together as a nation. While putting this COVID giant aside, I believe that there are also many other giants that we are facing in our lives too. Some of you, you may be facing the giant of a financial crisis, and perhaps to others, the giant in your life is prolonged health issue, or maybe to some, it has to do with your business, and others have to do with your career, even family, friendship, relationship, or even personal issues. Sometimes we have issue with ourselves. We have issue with our personality. We have issue with the way we do things. And these are giants in our life that many of us are facing today. The giant in your life is creating some form of havoc to you. And sometimes we wonder whether we are able to defeat this giant in our life or not. Well, I believe that all of us can break free from the chain of the giant in our life. We can all break free from this bondage that so choked us. And we will look into the scripture this morning and see how we can defeat the giant in our life. And so I would like to speak to you on the subject, defeating the giant. Defeating the giant. To defeat the giant in our life, first of all, we need to distance ourselves from those who reject us. Distance from those who reject us. We may have great ambitions or visions, but giants always stand in our way. As we strive to fight those giants to achieve our dream, we will also face many obstacles. And this morning, I would like to share with you a very famous story taken from the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17 tells us a famous story of how a young shepherd boy, David, fought against a military giant, Goliath. And during this time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. And they were constantly at war, but this time the situation is rather different because the Philistine has a champion. And the champion was a giant. His name was Goliath. He was about nine foot tall, three meter tall. And he was strong, he was powerful, and no one in the army of Israel dared to stand against him. In fact, every day he would come out and he would taunt and insult the armies of Israel and challenging them for a fight, challenging if anyone would dare to come and fight him. But of course, nobody dared to because he was too big, he was too strong. 
But the story tells us that David, when he heard about it, he wanted to fight the giant. But before he could do that, already he had to overcome some resistance that he faced. And so therefore, this morning, I would like you to turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17. You have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I will read to you from verse 20 to verse 31. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20 to verse 31. So he tells us here, Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse has directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its better position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his line and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites have been saying, Do you see how this man keep coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Verse 26, David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who killed this Philistine and removed this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Verse 28, When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? Said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the man answered him as before. Verse 31, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. Now, as David was finding out more about the situation on the ground, Eliab, his brother, his oldest brother, was angry with him. He was angry with David for asking so many questions. Sometimes I wonder, or have you ever wondered, why was Eliab so angry with David? Why was he angry? In fact, he was say, he told David, you know, I know that you are here for no good. You are conceited. You are wicked. You came down here to watch the battle. Now, the reason why Eliab seems to so angry seems to suggest that he was looking down on David. The way he spoke to David, his reaction. Yet instead of appreciating David for bringing food, bringing supply to him and the rest of his sibling, he was annoyed with David's presence and David's inquisitiveness. He thought David might be abandoning those few sheep. And he looked down on David, seemed to suggest that, you know, he, David was only a young boy. David was good for nothing except good for those few dumb sheep. He questioned David's motive and accused David of being proud and deceitful. 
I was thinking, why did he, why did he accuse David of being proud, of being deceitful, of ulterior motive? Perhaps, just perhaps, he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed that as a seasoned fighter, he had been in Saul's army for so long, he could not fight against Goliath. He could not, or rather he dare not, take on Goliath. In fact, the Bible tells us that the whole army would retreat whenever Goliath came out to challenge them. They would all retreat and run away. And perhaps he was afraid that David might bring back a negative report to his father and tell the father how useless they are, how, how you know, uh, 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 they are about their inability to fight the giant. Or maybe, I was thinking, maybe he was jealous that David was anointed by Samuel earlier on. Early on, Samuel came to the house and wanted to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. And probably Eliab think that he was the eldest, he should be anointed. And so Samuel thought, but God had other plans. So instead of him being anointed, being the oldest, it was the youngest. It was a youngest shepherd boy. Uh, to him, that was good for nothing that was being anointed. Before he could even get started, Davis was pushed aside by his own brother. He was belittled, he was rejected. And how did David respond to him? How did David respond to him? I like it in verse 30. The Bible tells us that he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. David turned away. He turned away from the brother that belittled him. He turned away from his own brother that rejected him. He did not want to allow that rejection to come upon him and, and, and become a snare to him, but rather he turned away. David kept his cool. He did not allow his brother's meanness to affect him. He wanted to do something about the situation. He wanted to fight the giant who defied the army of God. If one person could not help him, he would then turn to another person. He did not give up and go home. No, he kept asking until his inquiry reached the year of the king. Now, in life you will find many obstacles. You will find people discouraging you and rejecting you as well. And some of those people may be people who are above you. They are the authority figures in your life. And in the case of David, it was his own brother, his eldest brother who was the authority figure in his life. And sometimes the authority figure in our life can put us down instead of lift us up. They discourage us instead of empowering us. Like David, we are to learn to turn away. We are to learn to reject rejection. We have to turn away from rejection. We have to distance from them because they are not helpful to us. They are not helpful in helping us to fulfill our dream, our vision, and our ambition. So do not allow the negative words of others to dampen your spirit. Do not seek the approval of men. We will never get it from them anyway. Do not give up the fight without a fight. Do not give up a fight without a fight. Distance yourself from those who reject you. Turn away. Turn away and look for those who believe in you. So to defeat the giant, not only we have to distance from those who reject us, we have to connect with those who stand with us. We have to connect with those who stand with us. 
His own brother might belittle him, might have rejected him, but David turned and looked for those who were willing to take him seriously. He kept asking, and you realize that, you know, there are people who believe in him. Those who are nearby, the soldiers nearby, they answered his question. They told him what the king actually said. Now, these people, they may not be the army commander. They may not be the VIP, but they gave David a listening ear, and they responded to him. They did not turn him away like his own brother did. They gave him a second chance, even though at the back of their mind, they may still have their doubts, they may still have their reservation. But after all, they thought to themselves, no one dare to fight Goliath. If this young man is willing to volunteer himself, why not? Why not give him a chance? Well, they didn't have to do much. All they need to do is to be the go-between, to connect him with the king. And that was good enough. So in other words, they were willing to stand by David. They were willing to stand by David. And so in verse 32, the Bible tells us that when he was brought to the king, David actually calmed everyone down. He said, do not lose heart. And he offered to fight the Goliath. He was confident. He was determined. And in NLT, he said that, do not worry about the Philistine. I'll go and fight him. I'll go and fight him. Don't worry. I'll go and fight the giant. And we know the rest was history. Now, all of us will face some form of rejection while pursuing our dream. Do not allow rejection to bring you down. Turn away from rejection and look around for people who are willing to give you a chance and stand with you. Connect with those who believe in you. I'm sure many of us have heard of the name Jack Ma. And we know that Jack Ma is the third richest man in China and one of the richest in the world. He was a founder of Alibaba, an e-commerce giant. His entrepreneurship has impacted the entire economy and internet industry of China almost single-handedly. But do you know that success never came easy for Jack Ma? In fact, rejections was synonymous with him. Rejection was synonymous with him. You wouldn't believe the number of times he has been rejected and he failed. According to his own account, in his early childhood, Jack Ma failed his primary school examination not one time, but two times. And when he came to the middle school exam, he failed three times. And he also failed to gain entrance uh, to gain entrance to university, he failed his university entrance exam three times until finally he managed to join uh, one of the university. And after that, he was very ambitious. He applied to Harvard University ten times, and they were all rejected. All rejected. Harvard never accepted him. Later, he tried to look for a job. And he failed to get job after applying for them 30 times. He failed to get any job. And this is what he said in one of his interviews. He said when KFC came to China, 20 people went for the job. 23 of them was accepted, but not him. He was the only one who got rejected 
by KFC. And then he was one of the five persons who applied for a job in the police force and was the only one who got rejected after being told, no, you are no good. Wow. How do you feel? Failures all the way. And later on in his entrepreneur undertaking, Jack Ma failed two of his initial venture. But that didn't stop him in any way to dream bigger. And so he pressed on. And then he connected. He connected with those who were willing to stand with him. Finally, after persuading 17 people, uh, persuading 17 people, these are his friends who dare to invest with him and join him in his new e-commerce startup. That's where Alibaba was born in his own apartment. Who were these 17 people? Well, they were his ex-students, they were his ex-colleagues, they were mutual friends, they are like-minded entrepreneurs. They were from different, different backgrounds, such as journalism, investment banking, web developers, and education. And in spite of his many failures, they were willing to support him and gave him another chance. And we know now, Alibaba has become a household name. Jack Ma rejected rejection, and he connected with people who were willing to stand with him. So, to defeat the giant, you need to connect with people who dare to believe in you and willing to give you a chance. No matter how many times you have failed before, but these people are willing to give you a chance and stand with you. You don't have to connect with people with high places. People in high places are too busy for you. They don't know you. You may claim that you know them, but they will tell you that they don't know you. Right? All you need to do is connect with people who are there to support you. doesn't matter who they are. They can be your family members. They can be your colleagues. They can be your friends. They can be fellow church members, your cell members. Now, the main criterion is that they believe in you and they are willing to stand with you. They don't mind even if you have failed. And they don't mind even if you will fail again, they will still be there for you. These are the people that you are to connect with. Connect with those who stand with you. Now, I would like you to think for a moment and see if you can come up with five names. Just think for a moment. Are you able to come up with five names of those whom you can count on? You know that when you share your dream and your needs with them, they will not reject you no matter how ridiculous those dreams may be. Right? They will give you a listening ear. They will encourage you. They will advise you. They will counsel you. They will support you. They will pray with you. They will journey with you. Even if you fall or even if you fail, they will not laugh at you or turn away from you. Are you able to think of those names? Those people whom you know that you have confidence you can connect with? These are the people who are there to comfort you and lift you out. Connect with these people in your life. You want to defeat the giant. When you are down, they will not let you down. When you are down, they will not let you down. They will lift you up until you defeat the giant in your life. And finally, to defeat the giant, not only we are to distance from those who reject us and connect with those who stand with us, most important of all, we must partner with God who enables us. Partner with God who enables us. You can have 
a very good and positive attitude. You can have good connection with people who support you. Uh, you can even have certain skills and ability, but ultimately, we need God. We need God to help us to defeat the giants in our life. There are certain things in life that we cannot achieve without divine help. As Christians, we certainly have an added advantage because we know God. We know Jesus who is Emmanuel, God with us. He's there with us. He's there for us. He's there to help us. And let's continue with the story of David. Right? And coming to verse 33 onwards. Now David stood before King Saul. King Saul, also as he looked at David, he could not believe David would really do the job. He was a bit skeptical and he tried to dissuade David. In fact, King Saul was saying to the effect that you are not able to fight the giant. You are only a boy, but this guy, he had been a fighter all his life. He had been a warrior, but look at you. You are only a young man. You are only a boy. You are not capable. To put it bluntly, King Saul may not have said this, but perhaps in his mind, he was saying that you silly boy, you won't stand a chance. Don't be so silly, won't you? You're only a boy, you're young, you're inexperienced. What can you do? But of course, when King Saul said those things to David, that you are only a young boy, you cannot fight against him. You know what David said? David began to relate the experience. He was so full of confidence. He told the king that even though he was a shepherd boy, but he delivered the sheep from the mouth of the lion, from the mouth of the bear, and how he fought a lion and how he fought a bear, you know, with his bare hand, and he overcame them. With his confidence, with his uh, a testimony, the king was persuaded and gave the blessing. And of course, when sharing his testimony, David's confidence was not on himself. It was not on himself. In verse 37, this is what David told the king. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of these Philistines. With that confidence in God, King Saul was convinced. And he gave David the blessing to go and fight Goliath. But still, he was still thinking, well, could this young man just fight Goliath? With bare hand? No. He said, why don't you use my armor? I'm a seasoned warrior. My armor is good. It's strong. You can use it. But of course, the story tells us that David wasn't used to it. Now, you must know that King Saul was a very tall guy. The Bible tells us that he was one head above the rest. Whereas, uh, David was just a shepherd boy. He was a teenager. He was still growing up. Of course, he was not able to handle the heavy armor of Saul. And therefore, David told Saul, no, I cannot, I cannot go to war with that. He was not going to depend on the weapon of man. He was going to trust God for the victory. And David decided to go to battle in the most primitive way. The most primitive way by using a slingshot instead of other weapon, where people are using sword and spear and shield. He was using a slingshot. That's what the shepherd did, right? And so he decided to do that. Now, in fighting the giant, you realize that David really totally depended on God. When you come to verse 45 to verse 47, 
Turn to the Bible you have. And this is what David said to the Philistine. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. He was telling Goliath, don't be so proud. Don't be so boastful. I know you have full set of armor, but I'm not coming to you with all this human armory. I'm coming to you in the name of God. And in fact, right, towards the end, he said, I will kill you and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He said, all those scattered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord say, for the battle is the Lord and he will give all of you into our hands. It was not his skill, even though David was rather skillful. It was not his accuracy, even though he can be very accurate in the slingshot. Neither is his strength that killed Goliath. Goliath is so big, so tall. How can a small little stone kill him? It was God with him that killed Goliath. It was God that guided the stone. David took five stones, but the very first stone itself. And bearing in mind, Goliath was fully covered, armor, you know, and only there's one spot on his head that is uncovered. And God guided the stone. And I believe God not only guided the stone, God multiplied the force of the stone a hundredfold. And when the stone hit Goliath, he went down and he couldn't get up again. How powerful can a small slingshot stone be? It is God that multiplied the force and killed Goliath. It was indeed a miracle. When we partner with God, we can do the impossible. In defeating the giant in our life, we certainly cannot rely upon our own strength to the giant. Comparatively, our strength is weak. Look at the way Goliath taunted David. Who do you think I am? You think I'm a dog? That you come and chase after me with a stick? And this is how Goliath make fun of David. David doesn't seem like a worthy opponent to him at all. In other words, he's trying to tell the army of Israel, come on, you all want to fight? Send someone better lah. Why send a small boy to come and fight me? But the strength of David did not lie in himself, but in God who was with him. Now, church, can you recall some instances in your life where God has helped you out of an impossible situation? I believe many of us have. You know, as you know very well that it was God that will make a way for us in those impossible situations. You know, in our Wednesday night prayer meetings, we often have testimony. And we have heard of many wonderful testimonies by our brothers and sisters. And some of them are nothing short of a miracle. And they recognize that it was the hand of the Lord. It must have been God that made those situations possible. I can roughly remember these two testimonies shared by the members. Right? And one of the brothers was saying that he, he had a job to complete and he needed good weather. And during that time, it was a raining season. It rained every day. And so he prayed. He asked God, God, you just give me two or three good days with good sunlight. Don't send the rain. Just give me. I just need two or three days to dry up everything so that I can complete my job on time. He made the prayer, 
And you know what? Lo and behold, for the two or three days that he asked God for, there was no rain. It was a raining season. It rained every day. But for the two or three days, it didn't rain. And he completed the job. He was so happy. And after that, you guess what? It rained again. You see? There are things that we cannot control. We cannot control the weather. You can have all your job all planned out. You can have your schedule. But you cannot control the weather. But we have a God who controls the weather. And we can partner with God. And we can tell God, you know, God, please give me the good weather. And God did. And there was another brother. He told us that he was in a very, you know, precarious situation. What happened was that the company ordered some stock from overseas. Uh, but it was given the inaccurate measurement. It was critical that because the project has already been delayed. And they cannot delay anymore. Uh, and the client had been chasing them, you know, uh, day in and day out. Uh, chase them until they were very hard pressed. But then now, he was in a predicament. The order was sent. And it was not the correct order. It was not the right time. He was so anxious. He prayed and he asked us to pray along with him, you know. And uh, really have sleepless night. He was so stressful. But you guess what? When the order arrived, he quickly called the person, you know, that is in charge. Can you please open up and take a look uh, at the product? And immediately they opened up and checked. And amazingly, the product fitted in well, even though according to paper, it was a wrong type. It was a wrong measurement. It is something that's so impossible. But yet, the Lord turned things around. Hallelujah. It was Indeed, a miracle, a miracle that taken place for him. The giant was defeated because he partnered with God. And I'm sure we can go on to share many testimonies. And many of this has been shared on the Wednesday night, you know, and we can't even recall so many of them. And I believe it, I am to ask all of you, all of you, if you can recall of an event or a few events, that to you is like a miracle. Something seemingly impossible, but that got turned around because you prayed, because you trusted God. I believe if I'm going to ask you all to just submit all those testimonies, we can compile a book. We can compile a book because there are just so many of them that we ourselves have been experiencing. And not only sharing the testimony of our brothers and sisters, even personally in my own family life, we have experienced so many of God's amazing miracles. And so... Church, you have to partner with God. You have to partner with God. And when we partner with God, the giants of hostility, the giants of impossibility, the giants of enmity are all defeated because we are in partnership with God. Hallelujah. Yes, to defeat the giant, we have to distance from those who reject us. We have to connect with those who stand with us. And we have to be in partnership with God who enables us. There is this man by the name of Patrick. He was a teenager uh, in northern England and he felt God's calling upon his life. And God called him into the ministry. But yet you realize that he was poorly educated, not well educated, behind those that are of the same peer. He was ineloquent, couldn't speak well, and he faced significant opposition when he started off in the ministry. And many people felt that he was not made for the task. He was just too poorly qualified. 
but he knew God's calling upon his life. He knew God has called him to be an evangelist and to be a missionary. Right? And even later on, he went to Ireland and he started to work there. And there's so many people who came to know the Lord because of his ministry. And even while he was an old man, he still felt embarrassed that his lack of learning, lack of education is brought out into the open. But yet, despite his disadvantages, Patrick remained effective, a very effective missionary to Ireland. And today, he's more well-known than all his contemporaries. They were more eloquent than him. They speak better than him. They're more skillful than him. But he was the one that last. The rest, you don't hear of them anymore. But Patrick, he has become the St. Patrick of Ireland. And I like, you know, uh, what Nicky Gumbrell described him. When he began to share this experience of this man in the daily devotional, he was saying that even his weakness was anointed. Wow. I was thinking, that is a good statement. Even his weakness was anointed. He defeated the giant of inability and weaknesses in his life. And he triumphed. And he became an effective missionary. And he became the patriot saint in Ireland, St. Patrick. And people celebrate St. Patrick Day because of him. But he started off in weakness. Even in weakness, he was anointed. Well, perhaps many of us feel that we are weak. But do you know that when we are in partnership with God, even our weakness is anointed. Is there a giant you are facing now? Distance from those who reject you. Connect with those people who believe in you, who will stand with you, who will pray for you, who will support you. And most important of all, partner with God. He will enable you and you will overcome the giant in Jesus' name. And even in your weakness, the anointing of God is upon you. Amen.